This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Cruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello and greetings to you out there, disaster divas. Welcome back to the Disaster Podcast. It is I, your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And Amanda, before we sweep some space, I feel like we have some business to discuss. You know, I was, it was my birthday the other day, and I was like, hey, a happy today birth- is- A happy official pod birthday to Amanda. Thank you. And she's but about, yeah, she's about like- to give you her birthday wish. Well, my birthday wish, uh, among the many things that I wish for, but primary is, um, I was like, what if I learned how to, how coupon codes work on uh, Shopify? Yeah. And so I actually sat down and learned. So my birthday wish for everyone is to take a few seconds to check out disastergirls.myshopify.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See the many, we have really, guys, if you haven't been there since it first launched, <laughs> boy, you have no idea how I've been wasting my time. You you really will be surprised at the prolific nature of the stock that we have. Yeah. We've got Father's Day coming up. So get your dad a disaster dad mug. Get your your mom a disaster mom t-shirt. Mm-hmm. If you want to be passive aggressive towards your child, get your child a disaster child hoodie. <laughs> if you love Congo, the movie if Congo. You love Congo. Oh boy. Oh boy. If you love Congo. Oh boy. <laughs> Thanks to the Kirk unit saying watching Congo is self-care. Uh now we have a whole line of merchandise that says very clearly watching Congo is self-care. Yeah. And it comes complete with this a slice of sesame cake and a martini glass with a green drop drink on the shirt. Do I'm, continue eating that sesame cake. Eat some sesame cake, pour yourself a green drop drink, and then watch Congo, and that's self-care. Yeah. And of course, for You're absolutely right. That's a spa day. That is. I'm sorry. You can't tell me that there is a better, more luxurious way to spend a day than watching Ernie Hudson smoke a cigar while like just staring at Tim Curry as he as he goes on and on. <laughs> I mean Monroe. Yeah. Monroe is is a classic, and that's why we have Mon- Monroe as one of our patron disaster divas, which you can get as a sticker, as mm-hmm. a mug, as a cell phone case. I have applied those stickers to notebooks that I have, and they are oh nice. truly awesome. They're so great. They're so great. I did not design those. Those were from uh, a Dodger Twitter guy named Danny. Yeah, that was um, an incredible, an incredible Twitter user right there. Ugh, he makes some of the best just random shit post art. And so I was thrilled that he was willing to um, entertain this idea. So yeah, we've got all that emergency management Twitter. We know you're out there. I know you guys, half the emergency managers in this country listen to our podcast apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, so get yourself um, a mug or a sticker or a laptop case that just has the opening moments of uh, the the opening text from Volcano. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's your moment of emergency management representation. Yeah. In big budget cinema. Uh, True. Like, geophysicists get occasional mentions. You almost never get to see an emergency manager get the spotlight. Yeah, if it's a geo someone, it's a geophysicist. Yeah. 
But this is this was our like let's let's rep the the emergency management team and make sure everyone knows that they are given the authority <laughs> to command all the resources <laughs> of the city. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so all of that is available at disastergirls.myshopify.com and um, through May 31st, we're doing a 10% coupon code um, with co- the code is Shelly Winters, all one word, capital S, capital W, Shelly Winters, and you'll get 10% off, um, which I'm pretty sure means we still make our margins on that or we might be covering all your costs. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Like, this seems, I was like, how's the, what's the most I can do while still not like ending up paying Shopify in principal to run this coup this because we I try to keep the costs as low as possible yes of course of course yeah um so yeah so co- coupon code Shelly Winters get yourself a Shelly stop a stop killing Shelly Winters blanket or, or high tops a, yeah the 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 high tops have been have been tested and they the the design works you guys it works it in really practice good. I I haven't worn the shoes yet um they I, I got them yesterday. I'm very excited about the prospect, but they look really good. So that's really all I care about. <laughs> Listen, you're not going to a, like a Converse style shoe for arch support. Right. That's as I was saying to you before, I thought about wearing them to uh, walk the WGA picket line. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, mm, maybe I should do running shoes for five miles at a slight incline. Maybe that, not um, these absolutely artfully designed stop killing shelly winters converse or high tops so, yeah. yeah so check it out guys if you have a few seconds and if you don't have the ability at this time to buy something to support the podcast obviously five star ratings and reviews sharing it with your there friends getting the word out free so many free ways you can do so it. so many free ways if word of mouth is free so you know <laughs> yeah. just uh, someone I can't remember who it was said the other day they were like I was in the gym and I was listening and I was laughing and people were staring at me and it's like that's a great chance to call people in and let them know why you're laughing yeah yeah you're laughing at the disaster call people in call people in bring let's make our tent bigger <laughs> our disaster our emergency management tent yeah we want to be inclusive on this disaster girls podcast yeah so anyway that's the the plug at the top but Jordan, Space Sweepers. Space Sweepers. I'm such a fan of this movie. It's such a such a pure-hearted good time. It's such a it's it's a, such a surprisingly sweet. I mean, it's not surprising because as we've seen time and again from these sort of the the South Korean cinema from yeah. a lot of the chi- the Chinese cinema we've seen there's a real sweetness to a lot of the international disaster fare. There can there really can be. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's such an earnestness. It is. It's that earnestness that I feel like we've really lost in American disaster cinema to a large degree. Yeah. That there's a, but when did you first watch, like, because you'd watched it prior to this. Yeah, I think like right when it came out, I was like, oh, I'm going to be all over that. And there's, there's something too where like, it's not a kid's movie, but it like passably could be a kid's movie. Yeah. It's There's like that kind of kindness to it. Yeah. And yeah, and it's not like there's anything in it that's, like it is you're right it, it is totally a kids appropriate movie and I think like it kind of tries to be I feel like yeah bub like bub the the droid the robot bub the trans droid fucking love- rules bub is the hero of this story I I just have in all caps a trans robot with five question marks and then at the end was just like I'm so glad that bub got gender affirming surgery yeah I'm so glad that bub got 
to be affirmed in who Bub really is. Yeah. So Bub is, of course, the like droid who hangs out or the robot or whatever we're calling, who is hanging out on top of the spaceship the whole time for our ragtag group of, you know, of, of space sweepers who are in charge of making sure that all of the debris in Earth's orbit yeah. is, you know, caught and brought in. And it's like how it's how the poor... It's mm-hmm. a way for the poor to take care, to try and support themselves as Earth has turned into a like, climate disaster, catastrophic, barren nightmare where the poor's majority of the population live and yeah. then a, a billionaire disruptor, mad genius has basically made Elysium floating outside of Earth's orbit where if you're rich and near as we can tell from like all the little looks we get at who's on the UTC mm-hmm. Eden uh, structure that looks like a giant snow globe in space. Uh, they're all white. And, yeah, they're all white. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they're all white. And they're citizens. They're, of course, UTC citizens. Um, and so what UTC is, like, planning to terraform Mars, and they're going to only bring the, like, genetically most fit, genetically best and brightest, and then leave everyone else to die on Earth being uh, poisoned to death and choked off of resources. And here we have our band of space sweepers who are kind of like fun pirates in space who are out yeah. there just trying to make a buck. And of course, they're in debt and they owe the bank money. Like these these kind of characters can't be financially stable. So they're no. just out here trying to clean up space garbage for cash when they make a crazy discovery of a child in a ship that they salvage. And that child is very important to the billionaire crazed a uh, 152-year-old uber bad guy who yeah. is creating and curating Utopia. Honestly, like, there was the... Once they said he was 150 years old, and then he talked about watching his parents die, and I had a brief moment of, like, wait, 150... Is, is he a Holocaust survivor? Sure. But then I have since Googled, and everyone's like, mm, pretty sure that he's meant to be a Nazi. Okay. Which makes me feel a little better, because it's definitely, they, they specifically cite, which, by the way, can't imagine a worse future than one where our billionaires live to be 150 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, terrible. Yeah. Nothing good there. Nope. nope. Absolutely not. And Peter Thiel definitely wants that future. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, yeah. This, this guy, Peter, Peter Thiel probably thinks this guy is aspirational. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Peter Peter definitely helped fund this dude's projects, his, his UTC projects. He project. was a ground floor investor. Yeah, this was his next PayPal venture. No question. And yeah, he, so he he does this, the bad guy Sullivan briefly like speaks about his childhood and watching his parents die. Um, but I was like, you know what? It's good. I like that they found a way to keep it as having a space Nazi. Like that's important. When you want a really, really, really bad guy, you got to go Nazi and it gets tougher and tougher the further we get from 1940s. Yeah. Um, so the solution is obviously make him 150 years old. Yeah, because he's like, he's a eugenicist. He's oh, a eugenicist. For sure. Like full on yeah. master race. When he's giving his bad guy monologue at one point, he does the like, you know, it's not that uh, like wealthy people are better it just so happens that the better people we've chosen to be here are all wealthy. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, these things. And he talks about how, like, I, I can tell, like, your the quality of your character by your DNA. Like, he's telling yes, this guy, like, I specifically. Can, yes. I can see who you are and what matters to you as a person. by And he mm-hmm. when he reveals to this guy that he is actually a sort of, like, craven, selfish individual by forcing him to do a terrible thing, he's like... 
I knew from your genetics that like you were like a moral blight and he uses words like dirty yeah. Like you're dirty and he really sees people who are not up to his up to his standard of genetic perfection as um of as an infection that needs to be cleansed. Yep. Some real like as like this isn't just lightly space Nazi. This isn't like, oh, it's the Empire. They're kind of space Nazi. Yeah. Here. This dude is like straight up as soon as they mentioned he said the thing about like, oh, I can tell it in your DNA. Yeah. It's like fuck. Oh, yeah. we're going. It's not and it's like, not like a it's not like an authoritarian fascistic thing. It's like a master race thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not that this man wants power over everyone. It's that he specifically wants to engineer a utopia under his image. Yeah. Which is like such a which is a distinction and I feel like that's a distinction that again, like we don't see as much in Amer- like the bad guy is individualistically a bad guy versus mm-hmm. like this guy who is very clearly taking these sorts of broader social issues and that's his motivator and I think that was a really interesting distinction again like I mean the thing like was this was this a collab like some sort of a, an international collaboration do you know if this movie was I don't know I don't know I only know it is a Korean film yeah but it, it's one of those ones where you watch it and you're just like this you guys really got America's number on this one like good job good job gang good job, good job gang yeah. And this you is got, this movie's, you got capitalism's figured out. This movie's giving you a Nazi bad guy. It's mm-hmm. it's giving you pro labor. It's yep. giving you it's giving you a a trans narrative in a robot. It's chosen mm-hmm. family. Like this oh, movie so is family. this movie is leftist. Yeah, yeah. This movie this movie is is the perfect kind of leftist summation of so many of the things that you and I have talked about on this podcast in terms of like. The lost disaster child. Like this was the left. Yeah. This is the leftist answer to the disaster. Child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like whenever we're like, oh, the real villain is capitalism. It's like this is the answer to that. This yes. Is, like explicit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's so fun. It's like, so fun. This is this is because like there, are, you know, you get into like a you can get in, into some sort of uh a, like burly action movie territory. Not necessarily. I, I feel like sci-fi tends toward a sort of uh, can tend toward a sort of idealism more mm-hmm. naturally not it not it, intrinsically but that it can go there but like when I think of you know, like disaster movies and like think of maybe like the Gerard Butler school of a disaster movie there's like and and obviously anything like the conservative totems of like a Kevin Sorbo and a Dean Kane and shit like that but there is I feel like there can be a tilt toward uh, this sort of like inherent, like either like libertarianism or conservatism, and of like small town folks dealing with dealing with crazy disaster problems. Yeah. And but what we I like this movie as something that can sneak in, like the sort of like the future that liberals want yeah. into just like fun shoot 'em up, beat 'em down action movie with fart jokes. Also. Yeah. Oh, it was. In terms of like a great, it, it, it has such a great pacing of kind of just being like a fun, it feels, it feels at times to me like a Star Wars fan film. And I mean that with the That's highest That's a very purpose. interesting point. Kind of like, like a, entire, like a below decks sort of situation. Yeah. Like this feels like the kind of, there, there's a degree to which like, especially that the final, the climactic sequence. So like the bad guy, Sullivan's big plan is essentially he's going to blow up a bomb mm-hmm. that's going to send... Uh, some sort of like 
floating sh- like resource. Yeah, what do they call like, it? Like Krypton particles or something. Yeah, and so he's gonna send this this space station that's loaded up with radioactive material yeah. plummeting to Earth, and it's gonna make Earth completely destroy Earth. Which yeah, again, it's basically gonna be like it will act kind of like it impact. It'll act like impact wise like a meteor impact yeah. on Earth. And now imagine if a meteor disaster was a also nuclear. Was exactly, also a yeah. nuclear fallout situation. And that's kind of like our, we're not on Earth watching this happen. But like, that is the stakes. Yeah, that is the stakes. stakes of the Nazi bad guy. And as has been established from like very early on, very few people live in space. And like our crew, they all live on Earth and mm-hmm. go up to space. And so this is going to kill all of their families. This is their homes, everything. And on top of that, there is the disaster child who he is going to kill as well. And the yes. disaster child is he says that she's a super intelligent AI. What it turns out is that she's a human who's been loaded up and can control all of the nanobots. Yeah, and, and nanobots, nanobots, nanobots are something, guys, that's just like, it's like in the universe. Yeah, I don't know how like, the nanobots got unleashed, but there are nanobots kind of all over, and there seem to be varying kinds of nanobots, and they're a big problem it, yeah. for us, but she can harness nanobots because she has nanobots in her. Well, I mean, like, it's. I actually really love that aspect of it because it was kind of this thing of, like, which is always the fear is that once nanobots as a concept, like, if we do actually create nanobots, yeah. there is no containing them. Yeah, and yeah. Yes, it would create this kind of a, an ecological and wide-scale disaster because there's a whole thing of, like, the the nanobots can eat the your spaceship. So you don't want to get a nanobot infestation because once you get the nanobot infestation, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. And so she can control all of the nanobots and... Because of that, she can actually fix Earth because she can control the nanobots to, like, repair the planet. Yeah. Um, So, obviously, Sullivan wants to kill her so that he can create his utopia off-site. So, during that whole sequence at the end where they're trying to save her and they're trying to stop the bomb and all of that, all of those flight sequences feel so much, in a good way, like flight sequences. It feels like kids who grew up watching oh yeah the final sequence from star the i was final- gonna say if you watched a new hope and you yeah. saw luke skywalker in an x-wing soaring through the core of like an imperial base yeah shooting the impossible shot to blow it up like this you see the direct line there's from a that line. scene exactly. to what you see in this movie god isn't it fucking nuts how like like Star Wars, like, yes, like, Phantom, big, it's a big deal, but it's also, like, okay, it's also, every once in a while, you kind of got to stop and be like, wow, it is a bigger fucking deal than, yeah. as it has become, like, wallpaper in pop culture. It's like, shit, guys, it really did start all this. <laughs> it's, like, our, wow. it's our, lang- it's our space language. Like, yeah, that's it's our space, it. that's, it's our space language. Yeah, so, like, watching, so, yeah, that's why, like, I say it in the highest praise, the opening, the, the final climactic sequence does really feel like a Star Wars fan film, or, like, Something where it's very, like, it feels, because it, it feels a little, it doesn't feel as, as, this whole movie is a little bit less narratively put together. It's a little looser. Yeah. But it's really fun. And then, yeah, you get this great sequence at the end with these, like, ragtag, held, all of their spaceships are held together with, like, duct tape and hope. This ragtag gang that yeah. you get to watch. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like, if you like Firefly, mm-hmm. if you're a brown coat out there. Oh, yeah. This plays in the Firefly sandbox for you. For sure. It plays in the Firefly sandbox. I mean, especially like, it's not a, it, it's extremely tonally similar in terms of like picking up the the chosen child and all of yes. that versus, I mean, she's not child in that, but she's essentially a child because it's Joss Whedon making women characters. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. River Tam is a, is a born sexy yesterday killing machine. 
Right. And like this child is a is a true child, but there's like not not a comparison to be made there between them. Yeah. Yeah. And but yeah, it's it's extremely Firefly-esque, which again is would not exist without Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. It it I man, what a fun group of people to hang out with. I got this so movie feels like, like hanging out with friends. Oh, it's totally you get does. to know these people. You're like, oh yeah, I'm hanging out with my friends in the victory in the victory ship. Uh, the the garbage cleaners, the space sweeper guys. Yeah, uh, Uncle Captain Tiger, Jang, Uncle, fucking hard ass Tiger. Captain Jang is awesome. If Uncle Tiger, I was like, if Uncle Tiger dies, I'm I going I had for, to I was like, sue wait for emotional damage. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. I've seen this, but I am so nervous at the prospect of Uncle Tiger dying that mm-hmm. I'm like forgetting whether or not he lives because I'm so nervous we're gonna lose him. Yeah, because he's so likable. He's great. He's like he's obviously he's like the 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 grumpy scary guy. Yeah. Right up until the the child shows up. And yeah. then. And he's the as, first convert. He's the first yeah, convert. He immediately is just like, I mean, Cottenham is, is so fucking cute to begin with. And then he is, of course, immediately enraptured to the point where it's just like, it, it's like someone's dad being like, don't adopt that puppy. And yeah. Then of course the <laughs> and then it becomes dad's dog dad's more than dog. anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. That's 100% like the entire vibe of Uncle Tiger with this with this adorable 70. Yeah. Uncle child. Tiger, who was previously like a fucking drug kingpin. Yeah. Like killer. Yeah. <laughs> and the immediate first to soften for for the child. Yeah. I, I like the I loved that I loved the way that basically all of them there was no there was the there was no like conflict or drama surrounding the kid herself mm-hmm. as a concept, other than like fuck, I can't remember the main character's name. Um Taiho. He obviously like is dealing with dead child trauma. Yes, as yes. as is required. Um, yeah, but I love that. Like, other than him, kind of being like, I'm just not going to get emotionally invested in this particular child. Yeah, no one was like, we have to get the kid off. There was no question of like, is this kid going to get double crossed? Yeah. The as soon as she was on board the ship, the prime directive for all of them was make sure this kid stays alive and never gets in the hands of whoever wants her. Yeah, they, they toy with the idea. They toy with a ransom swap for her at one point. Yeah. Um, but it like it goes awry and Tiger's not feeling it the entire no. time. And and Captain Jang is really like she sees little drawings that the little girl is doing yeah. and it's clearly melting her heart. And little and Bubs little drawings of everyone on the team. She made little like really cute and bubs is bubs adopts adopts her quite quickly like yeah again doing her makeup excessively it was great (laughs) just like having such a it was the whole conversation where bubs kind of like when bub you first learn that bubs doesn't identify with the voice that bubs has been given yeah because it's a it's a it could be it could be androgy like you know the idea of like oh yeah. well we were assigning a gender to bubs for bubs to then transition from no it's bubs is coded as male it has a yeah. more male voice and is so elated when the girl calls bub a lady mm-hmm. that they're like, oh my god! Like you see me, like because when yeah. and when they're lo- they want to get a skin job, and when they're looking at skins, they're only looking at female skins, and you can tell that it's a huge surprise to Bubs, a joyful surprise that this little girl sees the truth of who Bubs is, and mm-hmm. that is a classy lady. Yeah, and it's like, and it's one of those things that's done so effortlessly, and it's done as just such a matter of fact aspect to the character mm-hmm. that it's also there's like a loveliness to the way that it's not handled in a like. No, it's so. Oh, and we got a trans robot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, in like, in the way that 
Twitter right wingers are afraid of yeah. like oh you're gonna wedge in it's like no it's not wedged in this is just part of the humanity of the character in yeah. a really beautiful way and then you get to tell this really cool fucking story which is gonna eventually like that's the other thing that was so cool to me about it is also the fact that's like yeah if you're playing out long term yeah. that we get to the point where we have robots and the robots have to a degree mm-hmm. sentience and but also they've been programmed by humans like yeah you are gonna have trans bots yeah of course you are that's like that this is like, a, this is an artificial intelligence like this is yeah. this is a sentient being um and, and i love too that bubs is bubs is background because mm-hmm. bubs is like bubs is like the the fucking killer of the crew bubs yeah. is the one who gets out there during the the junk sweeps and like is throwing this amazing harpoon thing into debris and lassoing it into the ship but like bubs was a military robot that was like yeah i used to like do infiltration by enemy lines assassinations like bubs is a stone cold killer yeah and bubs is also like the like loving trans aunt of our (laughs) tiny child character yeah, Bub's Bub shows that you can really women can do it all. Yeah, yeah. women can, women be can have it figures, all. They can be moms. Can, yeah. They can work full time jobs. Yeah. They can be there for their children and do their makeup for them. Like we have the capacity, and we is can the only fully- responsible one with money. That's very clear. Yeah. <laughs> they are all like I like the our little ragtag crew is such a group of just. Like, when we say misfits, normally when you say misfits, you think they're going to be a little odd or a little quirky. And there's not a lot of quirks. <laughs> and there's not a, lot, not a lot of oddness. They truly are just like, oh, you are all just little disaster humans, aren't you? Yeah, you you're just, just disaster humans. You're disaster yeah. humans. They're just not. They're trying their best. And their best is a fucking mess. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's I. It's so, you know, and they're, I think this movie does such a, like, you know, in terms of reality indexing, like, it does a really good job emphasizing how fucking hard it is to be poor. Yeah. And oh my how God, yes. in ev- like, you know, like the just like so- like bits of dialogue that are about like, yeah, you know, when you're like when you have debt, easy to get like there there comes more debt. Like that's mm-hmm. what comes with being poor. Like the the self-reinforcing the structurally reinforcing nature of being somebody who doesn't have money and the way that systems extract more and more and more from you yeah. and penalize you for being poor, driving you further into debt, further into a hole that is harder and harder to get out of all of the time. Like, and Teho, like, he's mourning the death of his his kind of adoptive daughter. He was a child soldier and then, mm-hmm. like, discovered a baby on a murder raid and was like, I'm going to make this baby mine. And he got kicked out of the space guard. He was, like, an all-star elite space yeah. guard leader. Gets kicked out because he wants to be a dad and he doesn't want to kill people anymore. And when he's one of the haves, he's got it all. He's got access. He's got this beautiful home. He's probably up in the UTC colony. And then as soon as he's out of the out of the club, he's yep. all of his resources are stripped from him. And so, like, and you watch this person who... Like, when he loses his child, all he wants to do is recover her body. Like, a section, of, a section of the, like, port he's on gets totally spaced. So everything gets sucked out into the black. And he, like, there's a service that you can pay for. Well, they will find through, like, DNA tracing. They have, like, a 100% success rate. They will recover your loved ones. So they're not alive, but you just get their body back. And they're like, yeah. and we can do that for $192,000. We can find your loved one if you but pay us $200,000. Yep. And so he spends, like, we meet him when he's in year three, kind of like the last window of opportunity he has before she's out of or out of findable orbit. The last opportunities he has to find the body of his dead little girl. 
And yeah. he's just trying to cobble together enough money to find a dead child. Yeah. And it drives him to, like, a point of, like, sort of selfish mania. Because that's what fucking happens when you're poor and you're pushed into desperation. Right. Exactly. And and also when the basic, when the things that make you, that give you your basic humanity are essentially come, are monetized by others. Like, it shouldn't cost to recover a loved one's body from space. No! There should not be a fee for that. No. No, there really but shouldn't. Let alone, I mean, obviously there's, ex- it's an expensive prospect. Like, I'm not going to question whether or not it's <laughs> yeah. expensive to recover in this circumstance a body from space, but it feels like that should not be something that is privatized because yeah. of the way that it can lead to the emotional destruction and financial destruction of people who just want to do the right thing by their loved ones. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah, that whole, that that aspect of it was so, so brutal. Um, partly because as we learn, obviously, like, he feels a responsibility yeah. for the fact that his daughter is has been shot out into space because she he was he had developed a gambling addiction and he was gambling and he didn't want her to bother him and yep. so he sent her he was like go play outside basically and then she was in the part of the space station that got I don't know rammed through with trash yeah it looked yeah like probably like tra- like the trash that they're out there cleaning up just exactly. jettisoned through this atoll and then you know probably very little left of her from what we saw of where she was on the moment of impact yeah probably I, the I thought that that was a little optimistic that like you could yeah. recover a full body but the you know the scantest of remains I would assume was being sucked out into space yeah um, but we're not gonna we're, we're just gonna they, they told us that she was recoverable so I'm just gonna yeah assume she was but you're right it looked like it looked like the trash hit directly at her like yeah. it was targeted yeah it was it was a a, a heat seeking child seeking child seeking yeah this this was coming after this little yeah. girl like that twister was coming was after joe's after mom. joe's dad joe's yep. dad like that yep. twister it came after joe's this house and it, that house yes and this, comes, this house and that house and it comes after you mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened to this that poor was, little girl this this kid got disaster targeted and that's unfortunate and but you know she didn't realize that she was part of somebody else's plot line and i'm glad she never had to know that her dad killed her real parents well, yeah, that's God. That is an not that she would not that she story. should be dead. That was going to be a hard conversation at a certain point. Yeah, if they that, ever had it, well, you're going to have to have it at some point. How did you find me? And it turns out like, oh, so well, I didn't personally, but I was definitely part of the group that did. Still not a better. Yeah, I definitely walked into a closed space and killed everyone I saw, and your mother was among them. So. Yes. And then I saw you and you changed my life. Yeah, and then I realized that maybe I shouldn't kill people. Yeah, you maybe manic pixie dream sad. baby. <laughs> you gave me new eyes. <laughs> she is a little bit of a manic pixie dream baby. But we don't care. <laughs> she's such a good, like, well, the, she's such a she's good great. disaster. Well, not the, not, not the adoptive manic pixie dream baby, but the new, yeah. the other one. Yeah, the, the yeah. not nuclear. Well, that, that too, like, in, in the reality index, like, the way that it addresses the, the blight of non-citizens yeah the way that it talks the way that you watch some of them like like the way Teho like has access to something until the moment when they realize he's not a citizen it's like oh you know that you're not allowed these privileges and mm-hmm. the way that in order to scare the population enough to keep eyes out for the little girl they're like this little girl is a dangerous weapon and she's actually a, a synthetic and she has a nuclear bomb inside of her yeah the way that it turns this interloper child 
into an agent of death and danger. So you better turn her in. You better squeal. You better tell the authorities if you see this child because the the powers that be do not want her to exist. So you better help us out. So we're going to tell you she's a living fucking weapon. Yeah, that she is a she is a small child bomb, which like in terms of if I were, I don't know, maybe it would be different. I, it's easy for me to say not living in the future in space. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like it <laughs> yeah, would cause me. Don't live in the future in space. In space. But like I do feel like it would cause me, give me reason to pause. To be like, why did you put a bomb in a seven-year-old? Yeah. That seems like bad planning. Yeah, like, okay, so she got out. What the fuck were you doing with her in the first place if she is a bomb? Yeah, why? Don't make a seven-year-old a bomb. I mean. You don't make a seven-year-old a bomb? If for no other reason than like seven year olds in general, not <laughs> yeah. not like the best at decision making with their own personal safety. Yeah, I if that's like an impulsive seven year old, what are yeah. you gonna do if she accidentally sets off that nuke inside her? Yeah, if she falls off of the space monkey bars, like what are you? Why are <laughs> yeah. we doing this? <laughs> yeah. Like in general, I just I mean, obviously, I don't I don't think this is a situation we're going to approach rapidly. But like if any AI scientists are listening to this podcast and you are thinking about creating a super weapon, make it put it in the body of like someone who is uh, has a fully formed frontal cortex. Yeah. Frontal lobe. Like you just, said, that isn't going to fall off the space monkey bars. Yeah. Seems reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Put it into like a 30 year old accountant. Yeah. that give your ai that personality like let's let's keep it let's not put the bomb in somebody who like runs between every location yeah because seven-year-olds just run everywhere like that's the thing i i really yeah it's the thing i really notice about kids now is like just like god you guys run all the time they just run run everywhere look at you run it's amazing i always (laughs) like it fascinates me to realize in retrospect like god did i ever I never ran that much as a child. It must just be like, but my brother me. would like, my mom had to tell my brother, I remember this vividly, like, because this is how she wound up breaking her leg in our, in, she wound up breaking her knee in our house. <gasps> my brother would just run between rooms from his bedroom to the kitchen. Yeah, just run. Just thudding child. Which of course was like, yeah, which of course was like a sharp blind curve yeah (laughs) like she should have put up a mirror of some sort honestly to like make sure it was safe Uh, um yeah that was she laid up for a while she went out yeah like i mean yeah she it broke her kneecap she just bam just a a bad ow he took a turn and he had kneecap kneecap related injuries yeah super scare me and like i i feel like i have quickly I aged into a fear of ruining my ligaments and my joints because just watching enough people deal with like oh yeah that bum knee from that thing that happened 20 Mm -hmm. years ago like that's for fucking real so like hearing that that's I feel a real surrogate whinge for that one it was it was that was not a that was not a fun day in our house um no it is, yeah. So kids just fucking run everywhere is the point. So don't put bombs inside of like, AI <laughs> children. Unless you're going to program them specifically not to run places. But like, yeah, man, that's Unless that's programmed kid. in, yeah. Yeah. And at that point, you're not really making a seven-year-old. You're making like a tiny-sized adult. Because, you know, she's like a little wee, like she's still a little baby child. Yeah. And I like that she's just a, this. this is a great disaster child because she's very much a child, but not yeah. like twee 
but she's also not like a grown up like a like an adult baby who's like yeah. precocious. She just seems like a child that age would be. Like yeah. it's just a very good normal kid performance. She's a totally normal child. There's no like preternaturally like adept at emotions. There's never she's also not like used to be the sassy comic relief. Like she's just there. Mm-hmm. She's a great disaster kid. Mm-hmm. Like from the start she's just Shows up and is a great disaster child, which we don't, we so rarely get that. Yeah, yeah. She's just, I never tire of her this entire movie. I'm never like, God, okay, we get it with the fucking kid already. Like, I'm charmed by her the whole time. And that's so hard to do in a disaster movie. It's so hard to do. And she's a real, like, the kid, the actress herself is adorable. And she, she is just so charming. Oh, God, she's good. She's so good. And then, yeah, they do a great job with her of just never being, I mean, she even, like, does the disaster child thing of wandering off. Yeah. It didn't, yeah, it didn't just wandering me. off. You know, because she wandered. But, like, there's a difference in her wandering off versus the kind of wandering off where the child has been explicitly told, don't go wander off, and then they go wandering off directly into danger. Yeah. She just kind of seems like she goes wandering off because it's sort of that, like, well, the child's kind of been left, like, this ragtag group didn't do a great job of keeping eyes on her. Yeah, these like, are not more, parents. And this yeah. one parent is so traumatized he is rejecting the role of parent viciously yes so there was nothing great job with the disaster kid like i would rewatch it just to see how they handle her as a disaster child because it's so solid and it it works so well and makes you want to spend so much more time with her yeah and yeah great stuff i think entirely though like the bulk of it truly was because i just loved watching her bub and uncle tiger so much oh just as soon as he's like called himself uncle tiger i was just like i'm my heart i'm done i'm oh god what a i i love a i love a warrior that softens into a caretaker i love that trope love it oh yeah it was great i mean and again he didn't like if of anybody the only one who was really a like they have to soften and come around was captain zhang because she and like with good like which i also was into because like she doesn't have the feeling you don't get the sense with her that there's like a result she just doesn't have anything to want to have anything to do with this kid and there's no like mm-hmm. ulterior there's no it's not like she's got they didn't saddle her with the the backstory yeah you know it's not like this is a a, a woman needing to learn how to be maternal she just like eventually comes around and being like yeah the kid's not so bad yeah yeah which is great and she's i love very, that, i love that captain jang is like the full-on separatist like her yeah, past is say. like i'm i'm like living under an assumed name i'm a rebel fighter i tried yep. to fucking kill the the fascist overlord once before i also she's i so love cool she's so fucking cool fucking cool and looks she's so, so gay she's and i love pierre her relationship with pierre oh she's yeah just like <laughs> pierre because like there's there Pierre's are her many simp, who's another space sweeper yeah He's just this French dude who just is in love with her. And she's mostly just kind of, but like never in a weird, gross sexual harassment way even. No. It's really just like, he's so, he's like just, I mean, a, he's a so, little bit he's harassment. He's so French. But he's so French. Pierre is, when Pierre comes in over the radio at the end of the sequel, and I was like, I had forgotten about Pierre. And yeah. I was so excited to see Pierre return because he's so French. And it's very, he's, it's like, and, and his accent is so thick. And it's oh, God, yeah. And his wig is terrible. Oh, terrible wig. But yeah. great. Didn't care. Loved no. that. I, I, I would be like, yeah, maybe Pierre chose that terrible wig. He thought it looked cool. He thought it looked good. Yeah. You know what? It was, he's, a, he's, he's broke. He's out here. 
Mm-hmm. It's what he had access to. He's like, I've always wanted long hair. Yeah. And he finally, he couldn't grow hair that thick. Maybe he's got thin hair. And he's like, oh, I look good in my long hair. Let so him, good for him. Have his male pattern baldness in his wig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, be a receding hairline under that wig. And why oh, would he have sure. a good wig? He can't fucking afford that stuff. No, that's not, I don't think that there's good wig makers on like, the destroyed planet earth there's no only good wig makers they're worrying about other things that's they're worrying about other things i i would assume that like once we get to the point with technology where you can you know you have nanobots and you can like colonize other planets i would assume that we would have technology to create some sort of like replace hair so (laughs) i mean the fascist is 152 right he's gotta know how to replace hair Exactly. So therefore, there's not a need for wig makers at that point. Yeah. So then there would only be bad wigs left. So it actually, reality index-wise, Pierre having a bad wig, I have no questions yeah. about that. That within no, the universe makes that's extremely accurate. That's yeah, extremely accurate. That makes accurate. perfect sense to me. I did. I did love. I just, and it adds like, to his goofiness. He was so goofy. There's like That's the thing, is that he's never presented as a possible love interest for Captain Jang. She's, he's just like this punchline who ends up being very useful and I was loved that I loved that that there is never a like there's a romance subplot here there is absolutely nothing we are totally cool with the fact that like no they're just at the end it's a movie about found family it's not a movie about like creating yeah in the end it's about it's a movie about like it takes a village yeah like this is this is a movie that builds up to we found, like, they. it turns out the guy that they were going to ransom exchange the kid for is her dad. Like, it's her real dad. Yeah. He's a brilliant scientist. He created these nanobot things that he injected, these kinds of nanobots that he injected into his daughter because she had, like, a wa- she had a wasting disease. She had disaster yeah. wasting disease. And in a last Hail Mary effort, he was like, fuck it, I'm going to shoot these nanobots into her. She's going to die anyway. And it turns out that the nanobots, like, fully repaired her system and gave her superpowers to, like, generate life and control nanobots and things like yeah. that. And so he turns out he's her dad and he's trying to get her back. And like she has like a reunion with dad before the space guard shows up and kills dad and a lot of other people, Mm -hmm. a a lot of other separatists. Um, But then they like they all take her into the ship, but it doesn't stop at the ship. It like the community of space sweepers becomes more bonded together because you get that a a great, a great action movie, a great like sci-fi trope is the send out the distress call. Anybody who's out there who wants to fight the empire, come get us. Like, and then the moment where all the ships show up and you're like, yeah. And I love that. Never get tired of that. So all the rebels show up and are fighting the bad, the bad guys together. And what it, like, you know, they they resolve how they're going to do it. Huzzah, they win the day. And then it's like this whole community becomes the girl's family. Like, it's not even limited to the ship itself. It's like they're all, like, band, banded together in caring for this kid. And that is a beautiful future. That is communal living. Yeah, I love at the end when we find out that, like, actually they all live together in a house and just raise the child together and everyone's happy and they still do space sweeping. And yeah, like, and nobody nobody fell in love who didn't need to. No. Like, Jang and Taeho don't discover that they were each other's OTP all along. Like, nope. Every, it's just like, no, this is, this is the nature of the family and this is why it works together. Yeah. And we get a great little, like, you're the best team I've ever served with. You're my best friends. I love you all. Like, this movie is sentimental and I love that. Oh, yeah. I, I was, so the ending sequence, so they, 
which genuinely got me. I was not expecting it. Um, so be, like there's this bomb on the center thing and like obviously and the, the issues are twofold. One, it's going to crash to earth and it's going to kill everybody. Yeah. And then two, it is going to, when it detonates, knock out all the nanobots, mm-hmm. which means that um, it will kill the bots inside of, um, it, that are inside of our favorite disaster child and then it, Kotanim will die because the bots are dead. And so they're like, I I did not see the switch coming, which is that they don't have enough time to disarm the bomb. So they decide that they're going to leave Kotanim on the station and they're going to take the bomb out. Yeah. And they yeah. need to get, to get it like 5,000 miles away and that will be okay. And then I did not expect, like the climax of it, the, I was like, God, another fucking Korean movie that's just emotionally devastated me. Yeah, man. I yeah. thought. That's the thing. Because it's a Korean movie, this is not some namby-pamby no. American movie. You're like, this movie's going to destroy me. It's going to cut my heart out. Like when you see Bubs on the, the surface <sighs> of the ship and he gets ripped in half by the bad oh my guy's God, droid. Bubs, you're like, that's yeah. it. We lost Bubs. We lost, we lost the hero of the movie. And then you're like, and Park is obviously, Tiger Park is obviously going to give his life for this kid. For the child, for and, sure. And Jang is the separatist and she's like, this is the sacrifice I've been trying to make my mm-hmm. like whole adult life. You're waiting for all of these characters I, to cash in the fucking chips. 100% thought they were all going to die. I did too. I, I, thought, I, I thought they were all going yeah. to die. And so the reveal at the end. And they would that, galvanize the rebellion sort of situation. Right, exactly. And then like, and then Kotanim would end up with like Pierre. And mm-hmm. Pierre would be like, but we will never forget their sacrifice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with my bad French accent. Yeah, 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 uh, exactly. But yeah, like that, I fully thought that. So the, the I was genuinely stunned with the reveal that the nanobots had protected the ship. While also yeah. the Nazi gets a bomb directly into his face. Yeah, like, because the thing about the thing about what like the nanobots in in Kotnim are mm-hmm. that you have to vaporize her at like a temperature of 200 million degrees yeah. in order for her to die because the nanobots protect her. Yeah. And that's how you have to kill the nanobots. So instead he gets vaporized <sighs> at a temperature of like 200 million degrees. But the nanobots And that actor who is not Sean Bean but sounds no. remarkably fucking like him. <laughs> Does a great job. Oh, he's a good villain. He's a great, great villain. Baddie. At the end, when he's like fully in a sort of like robot transformer tank oh, yeah. situation, and he's great just like stuff. got the full robot like raw voice yeah. going, You're like oh Jesus, yeah. Like I mean, it, it makes that that pivot from like oh we're gonna have a very refined, genteel, terrifying bad guy mm-hmm. to here is the most comical cartoonish bad guy you could possibly imagine mm-hmm. and it still works yeah i'm on it, board it with worked. it it was a it was a there was just enough of like the performance of humanity for the like oh for the arch aggressive villainy to feel like even in more intense by contrast yeah yeah it was good and then yeah i was i was so so pleasantly surprised to realize that they all lived and that i wasn't yeah. going to spend the rest of the night just like emotionally devastated yeah i would have been so Thrilled. sad yeah, and, and like granted, the fact that there's a sequel should have tipped me off, but I truly was like, eh, who knows? Yeah, like, well, this isn't there are a lot of space sweepers out there. There are so many, and it really could have just been just about anybody. I was, I'm, I can't wait to rejoin this this ragtag group and see what they've been up to. I'm looking forward to seeing Bubs enjoying a full wardrobe. Um, oh, Bubs! Bubs picks a hot skin job. Bubs, Bubs is gets babe. so hot. Bub, Bubs is a babe. 
Yeah, Bubs, Bubs fully. Like, which, you know what? Like, if you are a robot your whole life and then you finally get to just decide what you look like, like, I would also pick looks like a Korean pop star hot yeah. babe. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. And then still be, like, my trash, like, my trash collecting self on top of... Because, like, Bubs is super hot, but still, at the end, as we see, like, all the space sweepers still are doing their jobs. Um, because, as we've learned... Even in capitalism, like, it doesn't matter what kind of a hero you're lauded as because they mm-hmm. are lauded as heroes. It yeah. doesn't matter. You still have to work a day job. Yeah, you still have to work a day job. You still have to work a day job. Yep. Yep. It's, you know, reminded me. It made me think. It made me think back. Is it like maybe pre-pandemic I would have been like, mm, reality index. Like, shouldn't they be lauded as heroes? And now I'm like, no, I've seen how we turned around and we're like, nurses are the real heroes. And now the nurses, whenever they go on strike, people are like, but nurses are selfish. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But, but nurses are selfish. Yeah. So I was like, no, no, no. It tracks that like they would still have to have their regular jobs, even mm-hmm. though they are deemed heroes for saving the entire world. Yeah, they're like, they're blue collar jobs. Yeah, they still have to go. And like, to be fair, I do think there's a degree, like, I think that even if they were super rich, like the adrenaline junk, they are all ad- adrenaline junkies yeah, in that way. Yeah, it feels like so. they kind of need to, you yeah. know, they couldn't quit the game sort of situation. Yeah. I thought I was out and they pulled me back in. Yeah, so that's definitely, like, a component, too. But there was a part of me that just was like, wait, would they still have to? Oh, yeah, they do still have to work. To be fair, they that that is how that would work in this situation. They would not mm-hmm. be lauded as heroes and re- be able to retire happily. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, because reality index. Mm-hmm. Reality index. They're not just, does- like, exempt from taxes and fees forever. Right. They didn't negotiate that like the uh, diggers do in, in uh, Armageddon. Oh God, yeah, they do, yeah. and they don't want to pay taxes. Yes, forever, forever, and they don't want to pay taxes forever. Great, that Fucking, is. I mean, such a that is one of the great that is one of the greatest moments in a Michael Bay movie. Like that is such a like that is like to me that's iconic. That that oh. to me is as iconic as the cookie animal crackers bouncing along Liv Tyler's torso. I feel like those are two opposite ends of that spectrum for sure. Of like one being deeply like that is the realest truest line in a movie and the other being like this is a fucking unhinged thing that no one has ever done on this planet until you <laughs> conceived of it in this film um so i think that brings us to what is this movie if we once we start digressing into other other properties that's generally a sign that it's time for us to say what this movie is really about oh my god what isn't this movie about this movie is about this movie is about uh like unions this mm-hmm. movie is about like unionizing labor forces to stand up to corporate overlords this movie is about gay rights this movie is about queer chosen family this movie this movie is hinting at a leftist utopia one little spaceship at a time I like it. Yeah, this this movie is the future that liberals want. Yeah, it. I really. I. It's so heartwarming. This film. Yeah, especially since it could, as a South Korean movie, gut you and leave you dead in a ditch, and it doesn't. It it's doesn't. Like, okay, we'll pull the punch. You've seen was a paradox. <laughs> uh, P- Pandora. Pandora. You've seen Pandora. We'll take our foot off your necks <laughs> right now, and we'll let you have. We'll let you have a nice thing. Yeah. We'll let you have nice things. <laughs> I fucking Pandora. God. Speaking of bleak. Oh my geez. god. Fucking uh, Jesus. That move like it is the devastating end of the it's so long. 
Like, it just keeps going. It keeps going. And getting worse as it goes. And, like, we're just so cultured to that. Like, the hero does the stiff upper lip. Like, remember me. Oh, God. When I'm going out. And end. this was just, oh. like, I'm scared. I'm and fucking I don't melting die. from radiation poisoning. I don't want to die. I don't want to do this. There's no one left. It has to be me. Why, God, is it me? <laughs> Crying to his fucking family, man. Like, oh, Jesus. And not on a asteroid in a nuclear power plant that could really be a real nuclear power plant and like this problem could really go wrong jesus it was a oh my god just what a brutal fucking film huh. i don't even have anything to add to that it just brutal the emotional oh. the truly the emotional nuclear bomb of all the movies we have covered on this podcast yeah like that's i i would huh. say that that and then the wave like two of the most emotionally wrought for sure Oh, God, the way. And because another one that just is like, so it's real. So this is happening. So this is yeah. real devastation. Now, now yeah. we gotta, we've still got to watch The Quake. I know. I'm not, I'm, still... I'm still not emotionally prepared for The Quake, just based <laughs> upon what you guys have said. <laughs> and like from the way that when you say, oh, I watched the, when you mentioned The Wave and people then go, have you seen The Quake? <laughs> like, it's just that positioning. You immediately know like, oh, no, I haven't. And I don't know that I'm ready to. Yeah. 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 I do like oh this was something we didn't even talk about just now but like emotional devastation how did you feel at the end with the use of Kotanim as a medium <laughs> I was like oh that's kind of fucked up I like, was so fucked up right like just because she can doesn't mean she should yeah. like she becomes a conduit through which her nanobots can communicate with um Teho's little girl's dead dead little girl's nano like uh sp- DNA like somehow, like nanobots through through space and time, they they're like we don't. They even say in the movie, we don't understand it. We don't like, understand okay. it, but we just know that you can make contact with the remnant of your daughter's consciousness. Yeah, and he does, and it's very tearful and it's very sweet, and it's like ah, uh, I don't think she's old enough to like fully consent to this, right? And it's kind of a fucked up thing to do. <laughs> like, uh. it was weird. It was, and it was like, and also like. But also, not only can she not consent to this, but even if she could consent to this, like, the complexity of, hey, do you want to, your new dad yeah, wants yeah. to talk to his old daughter that you're replacing. Yeah, to, and I to, know that you, to the, the shadow that you, the shoes that you will be filling. Yeah, and so you want to make your new dad happy, right? Mm-hmm. New dad's sad right now. Like, there's don't, so much. Don't make Teho sad. Yeah. I, as I was watching that, I was like, God, I hope no one finds out that this child can do it. And also, how have they figured it out? And also, why are there doctors and scientists allowing this to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one, the one thing in this movie that I was like, eh, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that was, that was the one thing I just, as, as I was re-looking over my notes, I was like, oh, right, that. I forgot about that. But yeah, fucking weird like weird choice um but yeah what do i think this movie is really about i think this movie was really about um i think this was a movie about basically the fallacy of the billionaire um obviously like this is very clearly like the thing with this movie is that it's not hard to figure out what the themes are because this is a movie that has themes we don't Mm -hmm. have to be like She's secretly a horse because this is a yeah. movie that yes, has... Yes, very much so, yeah. Yeah, this is a movie that is like, no, I'm going to tell you this is what we're making this a movie about. But I do think, like, it is that incredibly 
it it is the the correct criticism of the the criticism of the billionaire in the sense that billionaires are now so focused on like oh we're going to get to other planets we're going to colonize mars because earth isn't sustainable and it's like well as we see in this movie they had and have the ability to salvage earth and make it habitable again he doesn't want to do that yeah he's he, like with the, the point is he could yeah. save earth he could but save he is, Earth. And it is fact, so stricken with impurity yeah. and disgusting infestation of the lesser people that yeah. he actually just wants to wipe the fucking thing out and cr- let his master race thrive on terraformed Mars. Terraformed from what um, the little girl can do that yeah. absolutely can save Earth too. That's the thing. Like, And it's very clear that she can save Earth. He's choosing to terraform Mars. So I think actually as I'm even talking to you, like, solidifying I think this movie is really about that the existence of billionaires is eugenics that's it okay because I think that's it like that the existence and the driving force of billionaires and billionaire altruism and all of the things that we've seen from them is ultimately just another form and a new version of 1940s eugenics yeah Um, and I think that's like not an incorrect assessment of as we are seeing from Elon Musk, it turns out, being yeah. a fucking Nazi. It turns out being, some of us knew, but <laughs> Elon Musk <laughs> having extremely problematic worldviews. Mm-hmm, Peter mm-hmm. Thiel, we know, is a fucking, is absolutely on mm-hmm. that, in line with that. And so the idea, and even like as you expand it out to other ultra wealthy billionaires, yeah. Um, like Bill Gates is all about wanting to save the planet and all that, but he also is actively buying up mining pro like trying to get mining rights in greenland yeah for when the icebergs melt or when the glaciers melt so what we're seeing Fucking wow man that's right? that's like that's like the end of the big short when it's like and now christian bale's character is shorting water yep yeah okay and that's that's what it and so that that these sorts of like ecological raiders essentially who have the ability ecological raiders yeah then they have the ability to implement the change that would say like i don't you and i don't have the ability to lower carbon emissions in the way that they do Mm -hmm. and they make the active choice not to because the appeal is being able to create a utopia that they control and run yeah yeah so hey they get to start from the ground up yeah so saving the planet so yes, the billionaire altruism, the billionaire activism. This is a movie that is that is is. I think this is really what this is about is is a criticism of that sort of strain. Um. So yeah, that's where I'm gonna go. So, I think that's great. Yeah. 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 No, this is this isn't like an eat the rich movie in the same way, but this is a don't the the rich should not be trusted. The rich won't save you. Privatization yeah, is, will not save us. Yeah, this is this is a a this isn't eat the rich because this isn't like in that focused way. But yeah, it is absolutely a the real bad guys here are the ultra wealthy. Um, yeah, it's it's not a. I think it avoids being an eat the rich movie because it's not about the rich people. Right. It's not. Yeah, and it's like it's not even a criticism. And as we see from like all of the people on the UTC, like pl- not planet, but like space station. Yeah, the the, the snow utopia. globe in the sky. Yeah, we see from them. They are all horrified. They're horrified. Once they find out what's happening. Yeah, they're 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 only too pleased to not question how this is all possible. Yeah. That when they are confronted with like billions will die and Earth will finally go extinct, what you see from like you don't see any faces of anybody, but like you see people like reacting in horror to what yeah. they have learned. 
Yeah, which, uh, again, reality index, I'm not sure that's how that would actually be in these circumstances. I, <laughs> I think that... I will definitely say, I agree they would all be so surprised. Yeah, but they would also, I think... Um, there would be a large contingent of people who'd be like, well, but it's necessary. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. They, we have, a, a, yes. a lot of those people came there for the culling. They, they're they happy yeah. about it. Yeah. So the, the general sense that we get is like everyone is horrified by this revelation with the exception of the guy who's running it. I'm not sure that's true. I'm not sure that they wouldn't all be like little accolades of, Sir, of Sullivan. Sure, but sure. I do I do think like... But th- that's why, th- you're right, that's what makes this not an eat the rich. Is this, this isn't a criticism of all of the rich people. This is truly a criticism of the specific kind of wealth that breeds this sort of, like, I can restart and colonize and do. And I like that it, I like that it keeps, the, like, that you don't see anybody's faces really barely, just barely on, yeah. on the, the Eden planet. It's like, no, fuck those people. We're not talking about those people. Love that, like, it, again, if this were an American movie, we would absolutely have one family there. Yes, that we would and, have to and spend time they would with. be they would be like a good family and we yeah. would see that they're a good family because everyone around them is also a eugenicist. Right, exactly. But they don't believe it. But like they were maybe they were poor and then they happened to get a golden yeah. ticket onto it. Yeah, so dad was a genius or something and became a yeah. scientist. Yeah, so they're not complicit in this and they no. mean well and they don't deserve to die because of this. And it's like, well, but let's talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about that. But yeah. Um, so how many towering like, infernos then? Yeah, I'm going to skip fantasy casting just because I have a really hard, like one, it's a great cast. Yeah. Two, I have a hard time thing like, like there is no, I don't want to replace any of them. They were all great. No, they're all great. Mm-hmm. They're all great. Love them. Thought they were awesome. Um, yeah, I'm giving this, I'm going to give this like four towering infernos. I had a really good time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little messy. Mm-hmm. So like can't do a full five yeah uh i found some stuff hard to track but like that's more of a me issue but i really like it's a great fucking time yeah i'll go I, i'm gonna do four as well it does yeah. do some hand waving like, yeah we don't know why that guy's 152 we don't yeah. know what the weird red vein shit is that happens the vein to him. thing they never really go they into never it. explain why he's like was... like a hybrid monster human yeah um but fuck it like yeah. i i i it would have been it would have been interesting to know. I didn't need to know for the success of the movie. But yeah. for that, yeah, I, I'm giving it a hearty four. Yeah, it's a great, this is a, a good hangout movie and a good like, this is this would be have been a fun one, like a fun weekday movie in a theater watch. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, this would be fun in a theater. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is, a, it's a great, it's a good time. And, you know, love, thrilled for bubs. Thrilled for bubs. If nothing, this movie definitely got like one towering inferno solely because I so enjoyed bubs. Like bubs could have been, if bubs could have been the standard sort of like bender but not bender character that we so often get with these. And I thought that's what we were getting initially. Yeah. Because like bubs is sassy. Bubs. Oh yeah. Bubs Bubs is is a sassy robot friend. Yeah. 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 Bubs is the one like you you could see, you could imagine bubs having like an oil drinking problem. (laughs) Yeah. So getting this like, oh, actually, Bub says a rich in her life. And like, I was on board with all of it. Not just because like, obviously, I'm a, you know, awful liberal, but like, just in general, from a character perspective, I was like, fuck yeah, something new, something new with a robot. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me robots having these sorts of like, having gender identity questions. And I want, I want all of that from robots. Robots are a perfect vehicle for gender and sexuality metaphor so yeah. i'm thrilled to see that anytime it was great so yeah no i think that's i think that's fair and so next week jordan we return back 
to surface. <sighs> We're coming so close to the end. So damn close it. to the end. I know. We're on episodes 11 and 12. So, uh, you know, when last we left them, Miles had lived. Nim died Jesus. for Miles' sins. Um, we finally... Wrong, wrong way. Went the wrong way on that one. I know. Well, much like, you know, I mean, Jesus dying for most human sins, I'd also be like, well, you know, man, did you probably didn't need to for a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with Nim. Like, are yeah, you sure nobody, you want to go out for him? Nobody asked you to. Yeah, like, don't do that, man. Most of them don't deserve it. Um, yeah, so Nim, Nim has died. Miles has unfortunately lived. Savannah... Yes. It, is probably ruined any chances of going to college um his parents unaccounted for his right parents cannot be reached by phone cannot be reached and then of course dr lady scientist like bell is no longer wet yeah and thank rich, god thank god i feel so I feel so bad for her and then rich is uh still rich so yes. we, will, we will be rejoining them and uh that'll be next week and that's mm-hmm. again um I don't think it's actually on any of the streamers. I think you have to just rent it now. So it's mm-hmm. available on Amazon. Or, you know, if you're like me, you can just buy the DVD set. Mm-hmm. Um, buy physical media, guys. As buy physical seeing, media. They're taking your digital media away. taking it away. Yeah. Don't get rid of your DVDs. Carry them from home to home like you're the lady in Dark Crystal. <laughs> or Labyrinth. 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 Who Labyrinth. carries her house on her back? Yeah. Yeah. That's increasingly how I, that was absolutely how I felt when I was dealing with my move recently. It was like, oh, I'm just that fucking lady from Labyrinth with my entire, just all of my shit on my back. <laughs> just being like, oh, do you want this piece of garbage that I own or this piece of garbage? Um, and many of those things were DVDs. And I did, in fact, when I was at Target the other day, buy more DVDs because they were there. And, you know, I don't think Friends is going anywhere, and I'm pretty sure Parks and Rec isn't going anywhere, but I would love to not have to subscribe to a streamer solely yeah. so I could access those No, things. it's, hey, I support this. Yeah. So anyway, so get your Surface DVD. There's still time. We will be back next week with that. But in the meantime, Jordan, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at JorCru, J-O-R-C-R-U. Uh, really good episodes of the Feeling Scene pod coming up recent, uh, have come up recently. Uh, a wonderful interview with Lisa Ann Walter. Uh, Chessie, if you're a millennial, I mean, Abbott Elementary, if you're currently watching television, uh, yeah, she was she was so wonderful, and we had such a great conversation that was so much fun. And I did get to sub in; I got to pinch hit on the bo- the Bullseye podcast, like our our NPR, uh, our Fresh Air over at Maximum Fun, and I got to interview Bridget Everett again and had an amazing conversation with her that made me cry in the first five minutes of it, and that was very shocking. Um, but so yeah, very fun interviews happening recently. And then, you know, dive into that back catalog of Disaster Girls movies. So many. There's such a, such a rich back catalog. Such guys. a rich back catalog. Yeah. Your early days when we recorded in person, sitting across from each other, like in, breathing the same air. In a whole, it, two apartments ago for you. I know. Oh my God. Two apartments ago. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and then of course I'm Amanda Smith says on Twitter. Uh, we are disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We are disastergirlspod at gmail.com. We are disastergirls on Instagram. Um, so if you are no longer using Twitter, if you are migrating away from it, we have a we have an Instagram, which I occasionally update. We have a Reddit, which I never update because I don't understand Reddit, even though I lurk on it. Yeah. Uh, so that's our disaster girls. And um, give us five-star rating and review. Check out disastergirls.myshopify.com. Use that coupon code Shelly Winters. 
And we'll see you back next week for Surface, episodes 11 and 12. Dr. Lady Scientist Lake Bell! Yay!